generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. All right, let's go. Judges 6, I'm going to rush, but please follow with your heart and your mind. Very important things I'm teaching this morning. Always important though. Judges 6, 11 to 16. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abia's right, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it. Somebody say, get up and get out. <laughs> to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Practice that. Look at somebody on God's behalf and say, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Look at somebody say, You don't need to be in the beer parlor because you're a man of valor and you don't need to be high on liquor because you can be high on the most high. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. You say? Manasseh. You say? Manasseh. Not knowing that God can say mana. Manasseh can cook mana. And I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you and he shall defeat the Midianites. As one man. I want us to please look for five people. Uh, let's just do two people remain seated. Two people. And, and look at them sternly. Eyeball to eyeball. And shout your salt and light. So stop playing. If I need my illustration boxes. Your salt and light. I need the salt, the, the two cans. Your salt and light, so stop playing. Somebody shout at your neighbor, the more excited of the two, and tell that person, stop playing with your gifts. Stop playing games. Stop playing the keyboard only in the, in the bedroom or the boardroom. Stop playing with your singing voice only once in a while and throwing something light on your WhatsApp story when the world is waiting to listen to God's story through your voice. If I call anybody's gifts, please have a look at that person and let's do some Holy Ghost peer pressure today. You are not supposed to hide your ability to listen. Some of you, you are great listeners. You can listen for days, but you're always acting as if you don't care. Some of you have so much care in your spirit, but you act as if you are the toughest, baddest, harshest person. You are salt and light. Stop playing with your gift of empathy. Some of you are powerful prayer warriors. But every time I say, can somebody round off the prayer, you'll be hiding. 
Some of you have the gift of prophecy. If you only concentrate on that gift, you can scan somebody and give them a word from the Lord. But you're always acting as if you are the one who needs the word from God. Some of you, you are great givers. But you're like, I don't want anybody to begin to ask me for money so I won't fill my ministry of giving. Look at somebody say, stop playing. I love that energy in the house this morning. There are some of you are so fine. You are extremely beautiful. Your face looks like an advert of heaven. Come on, somebody. PLT belongs to that category. Like sometimes you read her comments and I'm wondering, are people actually listening to what she's saying? It's like, oh, your face for days and all of that. But guess what? She's using that for the kingdom and for the gospel. Are you hearing that? Your face can't change anybody, but it can attract some people and bring them to the point where God will change them. Look at somebody say, when we say you're fine, stop hiding your face. We say you're fine, like, I'm not really sure. Say you look so young. Some of you are like that. Most of you are like me. Most people think I'm still in my late 20s or my early 30s. They don't know that, like, in the words of Ronell, you will soon be a grandpa. Zimbabwe, no, you have to get married before I become a grandpa. Instead of a daddy, I can see whiter. You soon be, that means you soon be a grandpa. But we have young looks. And so people from different demographics can connect with you because the old hear your wisdom, but the young can feel your energy. Are you hearing that? Look at somebody say there is something you have you ought to stop playing with. In our text, which we've read at different times through the course of this series, we find Gideon. He has all the legitimate excuses. And I'm going to deal with about at least five things today that you have to stop playing or stop playing with or stop playing in or around. He is coming with all these excuses, you know, if God is with us, how come this is happening all of that? One of my greatest revelations personally for me in this text is that after he had spoken to the angel or to the Lord, the representation of the Lord, the angel, he said, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my father's house. What does the angel do? Verse 16, come on, somebody help me. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Have you noticed that every time he gave an excuse, God did not cater to the excuse? God did not even say, come, let's discuss it. God did not say, oh, well, let's see how this is going to pan out. Let's see what's going to happen. God was, God, see, God is more aware of your situation than you are. God does not need a rehearsal of your problems. He needs you to receive his promises. Stop rehearsing the problem. Receive the promises. Gideon was in a place where he felt, well, what all I can do now is to just thresh my wheat in the wine press. And we looked at that last week where he, the Bible says he was hiding. And many of us, we are hiding our gifts, our abilities, our possibilities, our potential, our opportunities. We're hiding our testimonies. We're hiding our progress. We're hiding our coverage area, our influence. We're hiding all of that. And God says, no, 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 no. You cannot spell hidden, hidden without den. So every time you are hiding, you are hidden, which means you're in a den. The only den God wants you to be in is Eden. Electronic den. That's the only den God put man in in the beginning. Why? That den was not a den that will hold him back. Was a den that will release the density of God on the inside of him. 
Many of us were still playing. Now, why do we play? Many reasons. The primary reason is fear. So the first thing I want to deal with this morning is stop playing the victim. That's the first thing. Stop playing the victim. Now, many of us, and this is why I said some of us, we're dealing with this thing. We don't even know what's a victim mentality. For those who like definitions, let me tell you what a victim mentality is. The victim mentality is an acquired personality trait in which a person tends to recognize or consider themselves. I've done it again. Done it again. Then send them the note. My apologies because they need to put this on the screen. PLN. Pardon me. All right. You should have it now, PLN. Because this is good for projection. Victim mentality. Uh, the victim mentality is an acquired personality trait. Somebody say acquired. acquired. It's an acquired personality trait in which a person tends to recognize or consider themselves a victim of the negative actions of others and to behave as if this were the case in the face of contrary evidence of such circumstances. The victim mentality. That means that something may have happened to you at some point, but then you blow it up in your mind, either in its intensity or in its longevity. So that after that thing has actually faded out or should have expired, it continues. How many of you realize this? That most emotional states in your life cannot last beyond 90 days. Most emotional states. In other words, you bought a new phone, iPhone 17.xyz, whatever the new phone is, right? And then you, you, you can't celebrate it jubilantly for longer than three months. That's a long time, right? For most people, three weeks. And then what's next? Have you noticed? Oh, come on, somebody. You won an award. All of us congratulated you on social media. And after three days, people are relating as if it didn't even exist. You had your post, it went viral. But that was six months ago now. Right? So these things move on. To give us the definition because I want people to see it. These things fade away. Which means that after the deed has been done, whenever you're feeling the weight and the burden is not what was done to you. is the fact that you are feeding it now. You are feeding it with consciousness. You're feeding it with attention. You're feeding it because you think you have a right to hold on to it. And sometimes you might have a right to hold on to it. But that's why the Bible says casting all your cares where? Upon him. So you hold on to it and then you release it to the foot of the cross. Are we here? The victim mentality is like, oh, you know what? I, I need you to pay attention to what I'm going through. Now, according to a certain publication called Scientific American, said those who have a perpetual victimhood mindset tend to have an external locus of control. What that means is they tend to give control to those who are on the outside. So I am here because this person did that, or because my dad was not there, or because my mom was not there, or because my ex became my why did I ever date him? But see, even if your ex becomes your Y, Jesus is the Z. And X, Y, Z. Because some of you need to X, Y, Z examine your zip. Mm, look at your neighbor saying X, Y, Z. 
Look at somebody beside you, single or married. Say, I mean no disrespect, but pastor said to tell you X, Y, Z. P-Land, I'm waiting for my definition on the screen. One key point I wanted to see, they said they have an external locus of control. They believe that one's life is entirely under the control of forces outside oneself, such as fate or luck, right, or at the mercy of other people. Based on clinical observations and research, the researchers found that the tendency for interpersonal victimhood consists of four major dimensions. Number one, constantly seeking recognition for one's victimhood. You want everybody to know. Number two, moral elitism, which means that you are imposing upon man what only God can do. So there is no uh, provision for human failure in your system or your paradigm. <laughs> Number three, lack of empathy for the pain and suffering of others because you feel you're entitled to yours. Do they know what you're going through? And number four, frequently ruminating about past victimization. Now, let me give you ten. Ten major signs that you are dealing with victim mentality. And, you know, sometimes when you hear certain maybe psychological concepts or certain things that have labels, be like, no, it's not me. It cannot be me. But how many of you know that it's difficult for you to be in Nigeria and not deal with victim? Come on, people. You've seen the Americans, African-Americans. You know the African-American has a victim mentality? Oh, my pain. Oh, my pain. <laughs> Slavery. How many of us know that in Nigeria, many people have a victim mentality as well? How many of you know that in this room, many people have the victim mentality? What's the first sign I want to give you today? Number one, blaming others. The first sign of the victim mentality is blaming other people. God appears to Gideon and says, you know what? I'm with you. I'm going to deliver the wall through you. And Gideon says, no. How far? The Midianites, the Midianites, the Midianites, the Midianites, the Midianites. All along, Gideon was not focusing on God and his might and his grace and his goodness and his mercies that endure forever. Neither was Gideon focusing on the potential Gideonites. Gideon had no idea that God was going to use him so powerfully, not only to deliver Israel, but that thousands of years later, there will be people called Gideonites who distribute Bibles all across the world. Oh, come on, y'all didn't hear what I'm... Come on, y'all didn't hear what I just said. You know, there's a group called Gideon, Gideon's International. They put Bibles in hotels and hospitals and secret places. Who inspired them? Gideon. So Gideon's ministry went beyond. Gideon's ministry went beyond his lifetime. This is what the Bible means by art not seen. If you will just keep, stop blaming your past, you will see more of your future. I have not seen. I have not seen. You have not heard. It does not enter into the hearts of men. What God has prepared for those who love him. I don't know who I'm speaking to. But every second you waste blaming the past, you will not see the future. 
but is there anyone here who wants to say i am going to stop looking at the past see to blame those who hurt you is to put more faith in them than the one who has promised to heal you please help me go to five but tell them stop blaming stop blaming number one blame game the blame game is the only game in the world where there is no winner in fact if you win the blame game you're still a loser oh can i say that again if you win the blame game you are still a loser and don't forget when you blame there is a word in blame is called lame so it is lame to blame and those who blame eventually become lame now it may seem harsh but that's the truth see those you are blaming they did their worst but their worst was their best come on get it they already hurt you right so why are you succeeding them in hurting yourself are you saying it why are you con continuing their ministry of hurt in their absence why are you allowing your heart become the embassy of pain understanding gives you power so the first thing is blame i blame worry i blame war i blame the nation i blame Shaw. what's that girl's name flora shaw flora shaw flora shaw flora shaw you know flora shaw the girlfriend of lord lugard the only piano said i was not there it's a pretty fine evening isn't it hey flora you know a lot of guys big chest proud guy it's a pretty fine evening isn't it i like some tea they put shy inside it <laughs> yeah ask flora what shall we name this place Looking Nigerish. Nigeria. Hmm. Nigeria. Niger area. So shall it be. They lumped different people together. Just jam, jam, jam. Trouble. Now, if we blame Flora, Flora don't rot for gravel. Gone. Lord Lugard. With no regard. That was Flora Shaw, but my Flora Osho. Hey, time. <laughs> Number two, the life is against me, people are against me mentality. Life is against me, people are against me. Life is against me, people are against me. And it's amazing how it may have been true at some point. But after it stopped being true, you did not outgrow that reality. So you may have been at a place in your life where it seemed like everything was against you, right? 
In fact, Jacob, when they told Jacob, man, an animal has devoured your son. You know what Jacob did? He tore his clothes and cried. Said, all these things are against me. He had no idea that Joseph being taken to another country was God's way of fulfilling his promise to him. Yes. Jacob, the way you become Israel for real is that something you love will be taken away from you. So even though I made the promise, there is the process for the promise. So some of us will carry that mask on her mind. And when you're approaching Josh, you're already approaching Josh as Josh cannot like me because people don't like me. Some of us have the mentality, nobody likes me. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat maggots. Pull out the head and suck out the young. You all watch Lion King. So delicious. So Josh, you say, ah, Josh, how are you doing now? And Josh is not feeling me very well that day and doesn't smile back. And then you say, oh, that I always knew it. Say so later, they'll be leading worship. But their face will look like they are driving a warship. So Gideon was in a place where it was like, it can't be me. You can't be talking to me. Some of us, when people say, oh, fine girl, we look back. At who? You are the fine girl. Oh, you're not hearing that. As I say, that smart guy, you're looking back. At who? Oh, you're not. You're, is anybody hearing this now? This guy, you are rich. Ah, me, I'm not rich, oh. I said, I'm rich. So my pastor is the rich. I said, I receive it in Jesus' name. I walk in that reality. Number three. Blaming, attacking, and accusing those around you or those who've been in your life for the things you've lost or the things you think you lack. Attacking and accusing those around you for the things you've lost or the things you think you like. So, part of it is, let's say somebody was assaulted. Let's say verbally assaulted. And here we go, that guy is, is wild, he talks anyhow. He does this, that, and that. I'm talking about repetitive uh, assault now. Now, the deal is, almost nobody tells you how they already subjected themselves to verbal assault before it became a pattern. Oh, come on now. Because the way you enter into certain places determine whether you're going to be at the table or you'll be a doormat. When you enter into the organization saying, ah, you're my only hope. So you expect that they are now going to treat you with it. Are you seeing that now? Can I propose to you that is dangerous? For you to enter into any paid agreement with, without some kind of negotiation. Because the moment you accept just what they've said, they will keep saying on that same scale. But if there's negotiation, it may not be an increment in money. It could be a clarification of the terms of engagement. My Sundays are not available. My Saturdays are only available between 10 and 12 twice a month. Are you saying, why will some people not do it, do it? Because they have a lack mentality. And you feel, if I come up with my terms, I will lose the opportunity. 
you are better off losing some opportunities than losing your soul whilst trying to take the opportunity. Oh, is somebody hearing now? You enter into a relationship begging. Nobody has ever loved me in this life. I got to stand and say, this life. But the way you are loving me, please promise that you will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm not good. I'm not good. <laughs> it's as if you literally read my notes. I wrote, I said, only God has promised he would never leave you nor forsake you. Even in marriage, death will do you part if Jesus does not come before then. Are you here? Number four, for time's sake, is somebody finding themselves somewhere. Some of us, we entered in certain places too beggarly. And when we discovered who we are or who we really were, it became hard to make the adjustments. So they are still treating you like an intern when you now deliver the value of an executive. Not just in the money you're being paid, but in the way you're being treated. I'm not talking about what the organization is bringing to the table because that's an entitlement mentality. The fact that the organization is making maybe 100 million does not mean your salary should increase. It's a function of what you're bringing. But when you're bringing value to the table and all of a sudden you are still being paid the same thing and then the orga at the top is flying business class and telling you you're in a class that's none of my business. You want to watch it? Number four, let's go. Cynicism and pessimism. Pessimistic. Just pessimistic, cynical about life. So people like, it's a fine day. What's fine about the day? They say, oh, I'm going to Canada. Ah, you're going to Canada. You might die on the plane crash. Oh. <laughs> then following week, tell the person, oh, I'm not going to Canada again. I'm staying in Nigeria. For what? <laughs> pessimistic. <laughs> Israel is talking about his plans for the future. The person goes, there and say, <laughs> Not for people like you now. No man knows tomorrow. Now, here's the deal. Many of us, we don't say that externally, but we think it internally. Oh, can I talk right now? And what's worse is that we don't just deal with others like that. We deal with ourselves like that. So he did a post online. And then someone said, wow, this is great. In your mind, what's great about this one? You are dissing yourself in the company of other people. Diss in the company does that make you a disco? <laughs> Number five, time's sake. Always finding something to complain about. There's a white paper post I've written, but I've not posted it. Sometimes I just write things and keep them for some time. That one of the major reasons some people don't like your post is that they like your post too much to publicly admit it. So everybody's raving about that video you did. They'll now just put, ah, but what happened to your earring? <laughs> like, you're even wearing a stud, very tiny, but somehow they zoomed in 
to see whether the same number of crystals on the right ear, the left ear is the same as the right. Somebody say, now why? Satan the word for some people. Everybody's like, wow, service was great today. Like, but it was too cold. The AC was overworking. Pessimism, always finding something to complain about. Always inventing that. Number six, obsessed with negativity and tragic scenarios. Gideon, obsessed with Midianite, obsessed with the Amalekites, obsessed with the fact that you are the least in your family. You are not even thanking God that you have some grain to thresh. You're not even thanking God that you have some people later we're going to see, possibly in the second service, that do you know that Gideon had servants? Do you know? That after that encounter, there is a place where we're told that Gideon took ten of his servants. So Gideon already had servants and he could take ten out of them. And instead of thanking God and celebrating God, he was like, God, I don't have this, I don't have that, I've not been here, I don't have a passport, I can't pass through the port, and all of that. And God says, no, Gideon, you are not a victim. Please help me look at your neighbor and say, you are not a victim. Stop playing the victim. I'm going to preach shortly, let me just finish this point here. Obsessed with negativity and tragic scenarios. So your mind normally goes into overdrive of negativity. Somebody's getting married. You're thinking, what if they divorce? <laughs> At the wedding day, you're already plotting the graph. Ah, the way this woman is speaking, by the third year, she feels slap the husband into singleness. Negativity. As Uche is playing this now, you are already thinking, ah, small thing, this guy will fall. <laughs> Every day you seem like, I'm just waiting for a day he's going to fall so I can laugh. <laughs> are you seeing now? No, because nobody comes to come and say it. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I know, I know I'm saying this thing because my mind is very, very active. If you think I do what I do, it's a very filtered version. So, over the years, I've trained my mind with the word of God. So that my exaggerations and my animations are Bible-based and positive. Some of you know you, so you know us. <laughs> Those of us who are like that. you just be thinking that maybe the meteorites will just fall inside this place one day. <laughs> who, 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 come on. It's a gift. <laughs> we got to discipline your mind. <laughs> you got to... If you're like that, every now and again, you people are be smiling. <laughs> Active imagination. But don't let the devil hijack it. You're already thinking, ah, small pain. Your period just went a day or two past. I've said it, no child for me. <laughs> small. You saw an email headline from the job interview. Ah, they've rejected me. Calm down. Somebody shout, I'm not a victim. <laughs> Number seven. Self-abuse 
and constantly putting yourself down. Now, there is a place for humility, and the Bible says that you should not, we should not exalt ourselves more than is necessary or consider ourselves higher than we ought to. But there's no place where it's saying humiliate yourself. It says humble yourself, not humiliate yourself. There's no place where it's saying, you know what, just talk bad about yourself. And there are many of us, we are so used to talking bad about ourselves so that even when there are no critics, we have an internal chatterbox. See your head. Even coconuts find past you. You have coconut head. No wonder there's a lot of water, water, water. Come, come, come. Say so your nose looks like what Gideon used to blow the trumpet. Others are in Afeni Ferry. You, you are Inubi Ferry. Nobody is talking to you, but you are feeling way down. Small pimple that we did not notice. That's the only obsession throughout the week. You are meditating on the pimple. We didn't notice it. They say, I'm breaking out. Instead of breaking into territories, right? We didn't even see it. Your gap tooth that we like, you think is a disadvantage. We, we like the gap tooth. You're like, no, there's a gap in my destiny. People are trying to wedge their teeth with chisel and hammer. They are saying, no, I don't like it. Say, see, nose inside my nostril. It's not a big deal. Use tweezers. I, I get nose, nose hair every now and again. And let me tell you what I don't like about human beings. Every now and again, when the nose hair is coming out, people will not tell you. But you might be smart enough. Come, Minister Solomon, come. You might, you might be observant enough to notice that their eyes are transfixed. <laughs> Just transfixed. <laughs> Did you see that? Fix it, but don't let it stay in your mind after you've addressed it. Are we here now? <sighs> Self-abuse. Uh, Minister Ochi was one who did a, a video for our business and all in the course of the week. She was talking about, is it waxing and, and, and stuff? You know, I don't know, things you were saying. We <laughs> <laughs> should do this and do that, remove this and all of that. Do it! Now, you have, there's some, is, is it near? Is that what it's called? I'm too hairy. Somebody already invented a solution to that. Just make sure you don't put it on your head. When you <laughs> it's your body. Okay? The things that you can change, find a way to change it. But don't go and do the one that you have to keep changing and changing and changing and changing and exchanging. Then all of a sudden, you now look like this. And folks, you tell them, folks, go to my Instagram handle. They go there, but they can't recognize you any longer. <laughs> Because here it's like this. <laughs> they now say, I want to thank God for Slim T. Stop lying. 
Don't give the glory due your cosmetologist to a T. And what happens? They want to remove this one, so they remove it, but they over remove it. So they have to counterbalance it here. And put calabash here. People don't want me to go to the airline today. <laughs> Number eight, feeling cheated. Feeling cheated. Number nine, feeling helpless and hopeless. And number 10, courting sympathy. Some people are in the sympathy economy because they feel good when people say sorry. They want to tell people more of the things they can say sorry about. And it can be very subtle. Where you just want people to keep saying, oh, wow, your dad died. And you were very young when he died. You were only 25. Oh, so you lost your mom. Oh. Oh. Wow, your phone broke. Because you always tell that my phone broke, my phone broke story. But when was it? 2013. Come on. Get over it. Are we here? Let me close with this. Gideon had all these excuses, but here's what I discovered about God. God has never approached anybody as a victim. There's nobody in the Bible that God approached as a victim. The first man, Adam, was Adam when he saw that he had fallen. And God said, Adam, where are you? He said, I was afraid and I hid. Do you know God did not approach Adam as a victim? Are you aware of that? God did not approach Noah as a victim saying, oh Noah, wow, pitiable Noah. Everybody has abandoned the way of righteousness. They are persecuting you. Oh wow, Noah, Noah, Noah. Abraham, he did not approach him as a victim. Oh Isaiah, Jeremiah, you are a child. Didn't approach him as a victim. David, the last child, didn't approach him as a victim. Gideon, you will not be different. Look at somebody say you're not a victim. How does God approach people? He does not approach you as a victim. He approaches you as a vessel. And what's a vessel? Jeremiah 18. He said to him, go down to the potter's house. He said, when you go down to the potter's house, I'm going to teach you a lesson. What did he show him in the potter's house? The potter was molding the clay. And the word says that the clay was mired in his hands. But guess what? The potter did not throw the clay away or beat the clay or stomp the clay or tear the clay or cry over the clay. The potter molded the clay into another vessel. So it is true. You got spoiled at some point. You got damaged at some point you got affected at some point somebody dropped you at some point somebody broke you at some point somebody humiliated you at some point but guess what at no point did God say you are a victim but at every point where you were murdered he said you're still in my hands and if you're still in my hands I will mold you into something better than what you were before what I'm trying to tell somebody today is that there is nothing that happened to you that took away from what 
what God planned for your life. It does not matter who raped you and who robbed you. God is about to drape you and is about to robe you. You are about to move from hiding to the headlines. That amen does not sound like you know what I'm talking about. He does not sound like you know what I'm talking about. Somebody shout, I'm not a victim. I am a vessel. Shout, I'm a vessel. Shout it louder. I'm not a victim. I'm a vessel. I'm not a victim of rape. I'm a vessel. I'm not a victim of being fired. I'm a vessel. So what does that mean? Let me apply it. You were raped. That was some damage. That is really bad. But God is able to mold your heart and mold your mind and mold your character so that instead of just talking about the story and how painful it was, you find healing in God and he pours oil on the inside of here and you might write a book or you might start a podcast or it might be nothing public it might be street evangelism but God does not waste your pain your pain has a place in your purpose your pain has a place in your purpose and even though you were raped God can use that as a reaping device to bring people out of harm's way are you hearing what I'm saying let's say you were fired you were unjustly thrown out of work and all of a sudden you find yourself uh, without income without a job uh, well God does not see you as a victim he sees you as a vessel so what does that mean uh, say Lord I'm available uh, what do you want to pour into me or uh, what have you poured into me that I've been overlooking ignoring despising abandoning for so long maybe God wants to birth a million dollar enterprise through you somebody shout I'm not a victim shout I'm a vessel you might be in a place where it looks like everything is dry, everything is dull, and everything is gone. But I proclaim by the mercy of God, you rise out of victimhood. You are not good for nothing. You are not downtrodden and despised. You are still a vessel in the hands of God. Let me tell you when Elisha the prophet told that widow woman, what do you have in your house? The woman said, I have nothing. Victim. Somebody shout victim, victim. He said, no, 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 no. I don't do victims. I do vessels. He said, go into your house and find what you have. He said, I have a pot of oil. He said, all right. Don't go and look for fellow victims to come and consolidate your victimhood. Go and look for other vessels. Go and look for other vessels. And he said, pour oil into other vessels. So even as a vessel, don't see people as victims. See them as vessels. And say, I need to pour into you. I need to pour hope, pour encouragement, pour strength poor capacity high five a vessel beside you and say I'm not a victim I'm a vessel when Jesus performed this first miracle the Bible says that they ran out of wine and it said go and put water inside some vat and out of the vat take a vessel and draw it out in first Thessalonians so let each man know how to possess his vessel in Timothy said in the great house there are many vessels this is not a house of victims this is a house of vessels this is a house of oil carriers fire carriers barrier breakers life changers where are my vessels 
where are the vessels who will carry the oil of God and the giftings of God and the graces of God into every environment yes what happened happened but you're going to leverage it you are going to run against it you're going to be like that person at the starting block you are not blaming the starting block the starting block was designed to push you away so some people in your life who push you they were your starting block who knows what I'm talking about? When the athletes are at the starting block and they say, on your marks, get set, go. In that moment of pressure, there is a push from the starting block. Some people who rejected you, ejected you into purpose. Oh. They ejected you into purpose. Somebody shot I'm a vessel. And because I'm a vessel, I contain salt. I contain salt. I carry substance. So this is why Paul said, let your speech always be seasoned with salt. Not seasoned with fault. Where you keep talking about whose fault it was. Who he did. He said, I don't need that. Put some salt on your history. Put some salt on your past. Put some salt on your issues. Put some salt on your struggles. Yes, you lost money to, for example, traders uh, but consider as your tuition for common sense in investments are you hearing what I'm saying maybe you were violated but because you trusted too much and you gave up too much too quickly there is a learning point from the struggles in your life please let me high five somebody and tell them put some salt on it put some salt on it tell somebody put some salt on it well the bible then tells me that when Gideon is going to lose the battle or rather win the battle what the bible Bible says he said to them carry vessels carry vessels carry jars in other words your victory is not on the fault it's in the vessel mentality you must have a vessel mentality when something is taken out of you you don't say I've lost something you say I'm making room for more I'm a vessel y'all I'm a vessel when something is taken out of you you don't go I lost this one no there is room for more stuff room for more contract room for more influence room for the right person they broke up with you they don't know what they lost y'all they don't know what they lost they lost the priest they lost the princess they lost an inventor they lost one of the world's best mothers are you hearing he said carry your own vessel your vessel might be empty but god will fill it with victory god will fill it with victory i feel the glory of god high five your neighbor and say i'm a vessel i'm not a victim any longer i'm not a victim of what happened it happened to me now i will happen to things i will happen to situations i will happen to my generation but i'm not a disaster i'm a reformer i will not perpetrate the pain i will block off the pain and perpetrate the promises of god gideon you are a vessel and one thing about a vessel 
vessel is that the vessel does not feel itself but the vessel is filled by the hand it is under so as long as you're under my hand not only can I mold you I can feel you and I won't fill you with pain I'll fill you with power I won't fill with disgrace I'll fill you with strength I won't fill you with loss I'll fill you with joy somebody shout somebody holler yeah shout I'm a vessel go to seven people tell them I'm a vessel shout I'm a vessel shout I'm a vessel I'm not a victim any longer I'm not a victim any longer can we declare for one more minute I'm a vessel I am a vessel I am a vessel I am not a victim can you lift up your hands and let us just be on this for one more minute I am a vessel I break out of victim mentality I am not a victim I am a vessel can someone say feel me God feel me Lord I break out of victim wood. I am not a victim. I am not a victim of my circumstances. I am not a victim of my past. I am not a victim of my failures. I am a vessel. I want to give us 10 more seconds. Can we drive it further? Affirm this morning I am not a victim. I am not a victim of vibroid. I am not a victim of cancer. I am not a victim of migraine. I am not joking. Feel me, Lord. Feel me, Lord. I am ready, oh God. Feel me, Lord, with ideas. I am ready, oh God. Feel me, Lord, with strength. I am ready to run. I am ready to take down the media night. God that brings wisdom. Thank you for your word that brings liberation. Thank you for your word that propagates transformation of Jesus. Do you want to celebrate Jesus this morning? Celebrate Jesus. Is that how much you can do, kings? Is that how much you can do? All right, I want the vessels to make some noise. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org. And send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.